Welcome to the Real Turf Techs Podcast for the technician who's keeping it real. Follow along as we talk to industry professionals and address hot topics that we all face. Along the way, we'll learn tips and tricks. I'm your host, Trent Manning. Let's have some fun. Welcome Chris Whitaker to the Real Turf Techs Podcast, Episode 13. Chris is the equipment manager at the Winston Golf Club in Calgary, Alberta. The Winston Club is an 18-hole semi-private course, and Chris is the sole technician in the shop. Bear with us on the audio. It's a little sketchy. Welcome Chris Whitaker to the Real Turf Techs Podcast. Thank you for coming on, Chris. How you doing today? Doing good, Trent. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I think it's pretty cool that you're doing this, and I'm glad to help out in any way possible. All right. Good deal. Tell us how you got into the turf industry. Um, a friend of mine, believe it or not, it's kind of weird how everyone has a friend. Um, but yeah, one of my good friends of mine, I've known her for a very long time. She was working at the golf course, and they were going through um, a transition between technicians and stuff. And she said, yeah, why don't you come down and meet Corey Brown, my super? And uh, it just went from there. It seemed like a very fun, casual environment. It can be serious at times, but it was get it done and then go play. So mm-hmm. it was it was really interesting to see this. And after 20 years of being in the automotive industry, it was time for a change. And okay. it, was, it, it turned out to be a really nice change for me. In the automotive industry, what was your line of field? I mean, passenger cars or trucks? Um, I worked, what, 25 years in passenger cars and trucks. Uh, okay. I worked a couple of years with Toyota in 20, over 20 years, let's say, with Ford, okay. uh, working on their super duties with their diesels and stuff like that. And I, okay. and I became a master uh, diesel technician with Ford. Awesome. So... What's your favorite Ford diesel? Um, I love the six liter. It paid my six mortgage liter. for many years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was just one of these things. Um, the seven three was there. It was a just a monster of an engine. Then the six liter came in, and everybody had problems with them. Um, they had some design issues and some design flaws that Ford rectified. And then by the time they fixed it, they were already transitioning into the six seven, and uh, that's the six four. So Okay. Every every manufacturer is like that. They want to make newer and better and sell you more metal. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. Kind of walk us through your daily shop routine. My shop routine is a little bit different from everyone else where everyone sort of gets up at the crack of dawn. They get to see the sunrise come in. Um, I'm a little bit later. I have two young boys that I love to hang out with and take care of and between me and my wife, we transition them to and from school. And depending upon the work schedule, I usually roll in at about eight o'clock after okay. everything has gone out on the, the shop. I get to see how everything is going. If there isn't something that isn't just a quick boost to get the vehicle up and running, well, then it stays at the shop and then it's there for me to try to figure out what's going on with it. Okay. Um, the operator is really good for leaving me notes and information to say, yeah, this one's dead or this one has a flat tire, or this one it's cutting weird or something. And then when they're out on course, I'm still in the shop, and I try to get stuff done. And then once that's done, I'll say good morning to everyone and see how everything is and go take a look at the course when everyone's out, and I can just sort of sneak in and around to play. How uh, how does the crew communicate with you on leaving you notes? Is this handwritten notes? or No, I've got a big whiteboard that I have on 
in the side of my work area. Uh, I ask them to just write down what unit it is, uh, give me a brief description of the problem. And if I can't determine what the problem is, then I'll go and I'll talk to them. Um, okay. I, I try to have a really, really informal shop mm-hmm. um, where everybody can come in. They can hang out and they can say, yeah, this is what's going on. And we can talk. And because um, I find I feel like the shop is the hub where everything comes into it. And then you see all the spokes going up. Everyone else, you'll get the fairway guys going off one way. You'll get the greens going one way. The green sand guys will go another way. And the superintendent, he'll be coming in, feeding me stuff. And then I'll be passing it along. So, so everyone sort of goes into the shop. And I've, I've seen some setups where the uh, the sh- the shop is the open area and then the equipment manager's office is behind a door. Mm-hmm. And I've got one of those, but I use it as a parts room. I really don't need to be in there. I'd rather be in the shop, just sort of yeah, saying right. hi to everyone as they come by. Advantages and disadvantages to both setups. Uh, the way my shop set up, yeah, I have an office kind of off to the side, but everybody's coming through the shop to get to the break room and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I do think that, that helps because I have seen other shops that the shop is isolated. So they yeah. never see any of the crew. So I don't, I kind of like the way ours is set up where you can interact with the crew sometimes. Well, if I want to go hide, I'll just go off and wander down to the 13th hole and go for a long car ride. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> well, everyone's always looking for the mechanic. There's always going to be something broken or something mm-hmm. weird that, yeah, hopefully that I can offer an opinion on. And if I can fix it, well, I'm there to fix it. And That's right. That's what we get paid to do. Yeah, we're the problem solvers of the place. Do you relief grind or not? And kind of tell us why. We, we have the Toros, and we put them on to the Bernard grinders. And we don't have relief on that one. Um, I, th- I think the Toro wheel has a certain amount of relief built into the back edge of it. And they usually set up the relief on the bed knife. So we don't do a lot of backlapping or even relief grinding on it. Okay. And they still make nice green stripes in the grass. That's right. Fair enough. <laughs> Tell us something you fabricated lately. I don't know. It's just weird. You get into all these silly things where, yeah, we need something. We need to fix this thing. And, uh, yeah, I try not to pay attention to all of them, but I think the most current one was setting up, uh, I think it'd be like a mixing a mixing piece of equipment for when the guys sort of dissolve all their product in water and we just need to have it keeping circulating in a tank. Uh, my super comes up and goes, we need to have this. It's like, all right, let's see what we can come up with. And I just, mm-hmm. we have our tanks already set up for in the springtime when we don't have any irrigation going. We have these, I think they're 500 gallon tanks or something. And we just have a thrash pump on the back of it. And we just built or built a recirculator that would just redirect it into the top of the tank, put some different holes in it so it would direct the water flow to go around, and hopefully it works. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> nice. Very good. Very good. Yeah. If the water isn't going all over the place, we're just we're just trying to figure out how we can sort of get from being the recirculator to the sprayer filler, and we're we're going to come up with another valve system for that one. So oh, that'd be cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it saves time on on the, the spray your technicians when they have to come in and wait for the tank to fill up and then put whatever product into it, keep it circulating. So they come into the fill area and it's like a pit stop. Hopefully we're down to F1 time. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> Maybe doing a little NASCAR. 
the setup we got for our sprayers and we've used irrigation water. So we got whatever, 150 PSI and I got an inch and a half line coming to it. And I actually use a irrigation valve, inch and a half irrigation valve that works off of a 24 volt AC. And I just bought a transformer and a switch. So, and it's an overhead deal. So you swing it over the sprayer, you flip the switch, and it starts filling up. And it just dumps yeah. it in. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. It's like 70 gallons a minute or something. So it, it don't take long. We've got a 5 8 hole on uh, city pressure. So it takes a while. So that's, yeah, why, yeah. that's why my boss just said, yeah, can we come up with something? And it's like, I'm sure we can. Yeah. No, that's a good idea. Yeah. What's your favorite tool and why? My favorite tool is computer. Believe it or not. Okay. Um, I know I'm a little aged, as some people like to call me. I'm, I'm definitely not a spring chicken anymore, but I, I love my computer. Um, for me, it's really important. I need to be able to find information to repair stuff. I need to track what's being done. If I lose my mouse, yeah, I'm kind of lost because mm-hmm. I need to be able to gain, get information. In, in this day and age, you need information for everything. If I want to look up an old invoice or something. It's in my computer. If I want to mm-hmm. look up how to repair something or what the torque spec is for a bolt, it's in my computer. Right. And yep. so, yeah, I, I have too many tools, according to my wife. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, we all do. <laughs> I know that. But, but yet, the one thing I wouldn't go without and, and the one thing that I couldn't be without is a computer because it has all my workshop manuals in it and everything. So mm-hmm. I, I love the information technology that's out there. It's, it's handy for me. I get to go on Twitter. I get to listen to your wonderful podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get to check to see what other guys are doing out there. I get to rob ideas and put them into action on my course. It's it's just amazing. I don't. Twitter is a very valuable tool. I think. Oh, I I just started Twitter when I started working on a golf course, and uh, it, it was pretty silly to see how many people were saying, "Yeah, oh, you need to do this. You need to check this out." And it's just like, well. In the automotive world, you'll see all these guys who are showing off what their hot rods are and stuff like that. And in in the golf world, they're saying showing you how to fix stuff. And for me, I'd rather be able to fix things than show off stuff. So well, yeah, yep. I like my computer. That's all right. Well, cool, man. <laughs> Do you have any side projects or side hustles? Other than being a dad, no. I try not to. Work is a four-letter word. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> So it's play. Um, when everyone finds out that you're a technician of some type, they they will always come over and they'll ask. And all your friends will show up at your door saying, oh, yeah, can you do my brakes and stuff like that? And I say, no, I, I won't do your brakes, but I will help you do your brakes. I will sit with you. I will spend all my time hanging out with you in the afternoon with you doing your brakes because I don't want to lose a friend. And the friendships that I have, they're, they're great. Mm-hmm. I, I love hanging out with them. And if you have a problem or if you're struggling doing something, I'll step in. I'll get really good, dirty and greasy and I'll help you do it. But you're doing it. I would rather I would rather you and I spend a bunch of time together doing nothing than me working away, you sitting inside your house, and then all of a sudden there's a problem with your brakes. And then all of a sudden you're coming back and you're mad at me. No, that's not fun. Right, right. No, that's I would point. I would rather just hang out with them. <laughs> What do you like best about your job? The sense of accomplishment. It, it's really nice to have somebody present you with a problem. You have to uh, figure out what the problem is, plan an attack to resolve it, 
and then you actually get to see it come to fruition by fixing it and you get the sense of accomplishment by having it not come back. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy being a puzzle fixer and then fixing it and say, yeah, there it is. It's good. Mm-hmm. Run with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely very, very, very satisfying. It, sure. It's really rewarding to be able to do that because there's, there's a lot of people who can't do it. And when they come to you and you can solve their problem for them, it makes you look like a rock star. Yes, that's right. That's true. What's the craziest thing you've seen at the golf course? Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, okay. The, the craziest thing was maybe carcasses of animals from the wildlife that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there have been some coyotes who have taken out deer, and me and my boy were out looking for golf balls one day, and he goes, hey, Dad, what's this? And he's like, oh, that looks like a deer foot. So oh, wow. that was that was interesting. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've had some crazier jobs in my life, and I've seen some pretty weird things. So, <laughs> so see the dead deer. Not bad. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> what's one of your pet peeves around the shop? People putting things in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I know it's dumb, but it, it's one of these things where, yeah, here's a rake. All the rakes are in the back of the compound. What's a rake doing here? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a little square area in front of the door where I drive all the equipment in and out of the shop, and they won't park in front of the door. They'll park in front of the area where I painted off of not to park. It's, it's dumb things. <laughs> it really is. It's just like, really? You can't see the big yellow square? <laughs> right, <laughs> come on, right, guys. Right. Um, but, but yeah, everyone will come in and they'll say, where's the saw? Well, where did we keep the saw? Well, it's under the bench. Is the saw there? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Go look. Well, we don't move it. We put it back where the saw's supposed to go. <laughs> right. So... It, it, they're not big things. They're, they're just little dumb things and not going to change me. I'll just point them where they are and give them a little guidance and a gentle shove in that direction to go do the right thing. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's a lot grazing kids around the golf course. Yeah. But you can't yell at them as much nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what would be your dream job? opportunity um believe it or not i've already done my dream job when i was uh, a very very young boy uh, i was tearing apart my bike and putting my bike back together it's like oh yeah i can make it work you know this kind of stuff so i really got into the idea of fixing cars and i've already done that but it was a little weirder because in canada we have the trans canada highway and it goes from coast sorry to the pacific coast to the atlantic course and mm-hmm. it's probably one of the longest roads in the world. And my dream job was I'm going to be a mechanic on the Trans-Canada Highway. And I fulfilled that Okay. probably 15 years ago. I was working out in uh, one of the neighboring towns near the Ford dealership. And it was on the Trans-Canada. And I did it. And it's like, well, I know it wasn't a high target. But, yeah, I fulfilled it. And now I'm just having fun for the rest of my career. <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with it at all. I've been able to to take what I've learned, transfer it into the golf industry, and it's been super rewarding. That's it's awesome. Been, it's been a fun adventure. I'm sure it will still be a fun adventure by the time I finish. <laughs> <laughs> What are some tips and tricks you want to share with us? 
tips and tricks. Um, well, I, I think one of the biggest tips and tricks that I've had to try to figure out is if you're doing a job over and over and over, um, try to make it easier and faster because if you've done it 10 times, I'm sure you're going to do it for another 30 times. If you still have that same product, there was one post that I put out on Twitter with, it was the rear control arms on one of the golf courts carts. And I had to press the bushings in and out of it. And it's like, well, I had to do this a bunch of times. So why don't I try to build a jig instead of trying to muscle it and hold it with your hands and then try to get the press in the right place. Mm-hmm. Well, get the jig to hold it and, then you can use your hands to, to work the other tool a bit more efficiently. And it was just basically just notching out a pipe in the right way. So the pipe would support it, allow the bushing to go into the pipe. Mm-hmm. And then when you're, when you're installing the bushing, the pipe's holding the control arm. So try to make your job easy. I think that is a really good tip. Yeah. Because because it gets redundant. You're doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And why not make it easier? Totally. I am all about making my life easier. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Aren't we all? Exactly. Any any other tips or tricks? Oh, yeah. Um, When you're disassembling big pieces of equipment, especially like transmissions and stuff, uh, take an extension, like a 24-inch extension or a pipe, and as you're disassembling things, take it off of the assembly shaft and then put it onto the the, the extension, like put the extension in a vice and so it's vertical. Okay. So as you yeah, take yeah. it off, you put it on. So when you're reassembling, you put it on in order. It goes a straight way. And your last piece that you put on is the first piece that you took off. So it, it sort of keeps it in order because when you have a blown up transmission, there are hundreds of little pieces that you're chasing around going, mm-hmm. okay, is this the third shift ring or exciter ring or is this the second gear exciter ring <laughs> it, 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 just, it could be just mind-boggling sometimes because when you put something back together and it doesn't work it is so life-crushing sometimes where it's like i thought i had it and now it's going to come back out and tear it down again and, and try to reassemble it and and the other thing that i like to do is i like to thank kayla for stealing the baking soda and crazy glue trick because I use that one a lot. Okay. <laughs> she got that one. <laughs> All right. So had, you already knew about that trick, huh? Yeah. One of my, uh, one of my friends, he does a lot of uh, model building. Um, he does little train sets and he does RC cars and stuff like that. And he's always breaking a little components and I don't know where he got it from, but he says, yeah, just use crazy glue and a little baking soda. And it just, activates and solidifies really hard and really quick. And then you can sand it down, repaint it and be gone with it. And it, I heard Kayla say that one. It's just like, ah, she got the good one. <laughs> oh, that was, that was awesome. It was, it was a great one. I've, I've used that one for a while. And I think I might be doing that on some of my baggage carts that, that come by that get coupled or smashed off. And stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got some questions for me? Yeah. I, I, I met you, when was it? It would have been 2019, I think, when you came up to Canmore. Yes, I believe and so. And the, um, the guys who organized this, they, they go off and they look at this magic crystal ball and they say, oh, who can we get to come speak to us and stuff like that? And you were one of the guys that were selected. And thank you for coming up for one thing because uh, I'm sure the travel distance between Calgary and 
Georgia. It, mm. yeah, it's yeah. Atlanta, isn't it? Atlanta. Yeah, yeah you're Atlanta. That's that's a few kilometers, and that'd mm-hmm. be more than a couple hours of commuting. But how did you get into this? It, it's like how did you get into helping out other people within the golf industry and how do you come up with topics even just to speak to some of these groups? Because I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of guys out there who, who have to think of something and how do you develop it? It's a good question. So I'm going to, I'm going to do my best to, uh, I'll do my best to answer this. So just my personality working at the golf course and repairing equipment is not enough to keep me going. I need more than that. Okay. So some of that was side hustles or projects. I might do this or that. I don't, I'm just a busy person. I like to stay busy and active to answer your question. The way I got into teaching, if you will, we were having an equipment manager seminar here in Georgia and every year the Georgia association, they have an educational committee. And it was mainly superintendents and the superintendents would put together the education that they thought we might be interested in. And usually it was not the best education because, you know, who knows better than a technician or a mechanic on what kind of education he wants. So they got three of us to be on the educational committee. So we were kind of in charge of uh getting together the education for the seminars and that kind of started the ball rolling i guess um for me and i've never really liked public speaking or that kind of stuff but uh that's just you know part part of it and the more you do it the easier it gets and so that's where i come up with a lot of my topics that i might talk about and like when i came to canmore he he told me what he wanted. He wanted to hear more about the technician program that GCSAA had going on, and I was heavily involved in that too. Um, did that kind of answer your question? Yeah, yeah. it did actually. It it, it, it totally was. Um, it, it's interesting because when when I switched over from automotives to the golf industry, there wasn't. I didn't have a lot of. Um, I didn't have a lot of information on how the the equipment worked, what the purpose of it was. When the when somebody actually said HOC, I'm just going HO what? Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And it's just like there was a lot of terms that I wasn't aware of. And now that I've been in it for a couple of years, I, I see what's going on with it. I realize that there's a certain clip rate of grass at a certain speed and stuff like that. So um, the the GCSAA stuff was really important for me because. That's where I, I got the equipment managers program one done and then two and mm-hmm. goodness knows if there's anything else coming along because in Ford, there was a ton of stuff that you had to do. You needed to learn every year of new product that was coming out and of new information that was coming out. How do you fix stuff? What do you have to do with it? So I was actually looking for a little bit of information and the GCSA was that, was that fill-in spot and Thinking it was it was there because I'd still be scratching my head with some of the stuff if I didn't have it. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And to answer your question a little bit more, if you are interested in teaching any subject, um, I would suggest starting at your local chapter 
you know, get in with them. And uh, if you have one. Um, yeah, my, the closest one for me is in Montana. So that's another country away. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, well, what's the association that I spoke for? Uh, the AGSA, the Alberta Golf Course Superintendents Association. Okay. So that was Alberta. And they don't have a lot of um, mechanics or technician information. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I took a look at that one and, and hopefully – They'll, they'll start developing it because I know there's a few Canadian guys who have done the GCSAA and they're, they're all other red seal technicians who have been doing either small engine motorbike or automotive or heavy duty red seals. And they've just transferred their mechanical ability into the golf course industry. Okay. So, so it's just one thing that's got to go. Well, we need more information. So another thing is the GCSAA. Every year they ask for proposals so you can submit a request on whatever you want to teach at the golf show. And didn't you win the the Melrose? Yes, I did actually. Congratulations was, on that. Thank That's you very awesome. much, Mr. Manning. It's it's pretty cool actually. Um who is it? The one of the chair or one of the board directors. Well, he called me up and uh he said, I'd want a trip, but I'm going, yeah, right. You're probably mm-hmm. a Nigerian prince wanting something also. But I, I, I've listened to it, and uh, and it was legit. I researched him and what the background it was, and it's like, holy crow, this is real. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I'm good. hopefully hopefully the borders will open up with all this COVID garbage that's going on. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to get down to San Diego next year and say hello to everybody and meet some more people. and. Well, I look forward to seeing you in San Diego. And I will gladly look you up. (laughs) Definitely look me up. Um, San Diego is one of the most beautiful places, but honestly, where you are, Canmore, Banff, that's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's pretty spectacular out there to have that in their backyard. Yes, it was amazing. I, I I remember how you were just sort of hanging outside and just looking around and there was a light snow coming down and you were just looking up into the boats going, wow, this is amazing. It's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, y- y'all probably take it for granted a little bit because you see it all the time, but I'd, I'd never seen anything like that. And, you know, I just remember driving and it's like, wow, you get to see this every day, you know, looking around like, whoa, there's a mountain over there. There's a mountain over here. <laughs> It's crazy. <laughs> but it was yeah, awesome. there's a lot of mountains over here. Yes, and it's definitely on my list. Uh, when the borders open back up, I will be coming back up there. You you come on up anytime. Tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you. You can find me on Twitter. It's a great little place. Uh, what is my handle? It's at Witties, W-H-I-T-T-Y-S underscore. And if you're looking for me anywhere else, you can search me up as Chris. Turfer. Yep. Chris so Turfer. It's C-H-R-I-S-T-U-R-F-E-R. And uh, I have to give my props to my amazing wife because she was the one who created that one. And I just said, yeah, I could use that one in the golf world. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a good one. That was a good one. Well, yeah. thank you very much for coming on. I've enjoyed this tonight. It's uh, been a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed hearing from Chris to touch on a few other things that we talked about i really need to give credit to tina workman 
She's the executive director for the Georgia Golf Course Superintendents Association. And she's responsible for getting me involved in that. Without getting involved in that, I don't know. I wouldn't be here today, for sure. Um, Who knows what I'd be doing. So I really appreciate Tina. Um, She's a great person. And over the years, we've actually become pretty good friends. If your local chapter isn't active in providing education for technicians, reach out to them. See if you can help them in any way in getting a program together. And if that's not an option, talk to uh, the guys in your neck of the woods and see if y'all can come up with your own thing. It doesn't have to be anything formal. Just getting together at somebody's shop and maybe coming up with topics, suggesting speakers, or teaching yourself. Use the network you already have and you'll be surprised how quickly things come together. If you're new to the turf equipment industry, do like Chris and check out the GCSA equipment manager certificate program it's a great education path to help you build your skills and it was designed by turf technicians for the turf technicians if you hadn't already go to the bio of the real turf techs on twitter and fill out the survey we want to hear what the listeners have to say that's it for today see you bye thank you so much for listening to the real turf techs podcast I hope you learned something today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you have any topics you would like to discuss or you'd like to be a guest, find us on Twitter at Real Turf Text. See you bye.